Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness. The show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Talk, Purpose, and Truth with Kim and Eden. Hi, Eden. Hi, Kim. I'm excited. We're extra excited because this is the first time Eden and I have seen each other in person since February of 2020. How did that happen? There was a... Well, I think COVID COVID happened. (laughs) But still, I mean, it just... Well, we both live pretty far from each other. Yeah. And we talk every day anyway, so it feels like I've seen you. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're in studio. Yeah, you know what? You're, um, is that inside out? Yeah. <laughs> ah! We're just making jokes. Is it? Okay, my, it's stuck like that. Let's tell the audience what's going on. Oh, okay. There, 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 there. she corrected Her me. headphone was inside out. That's really funny. <laughs> we Hopefully we got a blooper of that. I don't know. Anyways, um... We're going to jump right in because we're excited for our guest who gets to be our first in-studio guest in a long, long time, and it's Erin Cottrell. She is an award-winning actress, voiceover artist, and mother, and cares deeply about empowering women and young girls, as well as providing arts education for the at-risk youth of L.A. For over a decade, she taught dance, Shakespeare, and photography for the nonprofit City Hearts Kids Say Yes to the Arts, and she's best known for her portrayal of Missy LaHoy in the Love Comes Softly series on Hallmark. She's been in dozens of TV shows, miniseries, and films, including NCIS, ER, Medium, Cold Case, Legally Blonde 2, and was Caroline Ingalls in ABC's remake of Little House on the Prairie. More recently, she could be seen with Ray Liotta and Ashley Judd in The Identical, as well as with Ed Asner in The Pacific Edge. Her joy for voiceover work is palpable, and she's loved creating characters for over a dozen video games, most recently Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was just released. Her voice has also lent itself to books, commercials, and is even the English announcer at Disneyland Shanghai. A graduate of UNC Chapel Hill with a BA in drama, she also studied Shakespeare at the Young Vic in London. And I met her long ago um, through one of my friends, um, one of our dear friends, Pina DeRosa, and she was an interview on my confidence course, which is still available online. And um, we've been a part of books and events together, so it's great to to see you again, and welcome, Erin. Thank you so much. It's so good to see you, too, and live and in person, I right? feel mm-hmm. so yeah. good to be a part of so this. So much more appreciative than we ever were before it's so nice that's so true before we took it for granted yeah I mean I don't you know I don't know if I took things for granted like some things I guess but um but it's just this extra level of appreciation for everything everything yeah Yeah. but we didn't think we would never be able to do this again right studio the most simple things I know yeah. Well, today I was cracking up because my, my teenage daughter, Noella, was like, oh, mom, I'm tired. Can I do online school today? And I started laughing because she's been in person again. Uh-huh. And I said, you were begging to go in person. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, it's easier to be online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think people are flip-flopping on certain things as well. So, oh, yeah. It's yeah. all an adjustment. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk. 
Yeah. Let's ask some questions. Erin, tell us more about who you are and what you do and how did you get on this path? Mm. There's so many paths. Like the acting path? Acting path, yes. The acting path. Um, uh, my mom is a choreographer and a dance teacher, so when I was little, I grew up in musical theater, which was like the most joyous thing in the world. Uh, and I just absolutely love that. So I went to school for theater. I love doing musicals. I thought, I'm going to do musical theater for the rest of my life. And then started doing classical theater. And then I started auditioning for soap operas and suddenly like took this TV turn because it was... Um, I don't know, a different kind of fun and more money. And uh, just kind of went down that path in New York and then came out to L.A. And I've been doing TV and film for a long time. Then I had my daughter, who is seven. And when that happened, I wanted to be close to her. So I kind of pivoted into voiceover. It was something I always really loved doing when I would do ADR for the TV shows and, and uh and films that I would do, I would put the headset on and be like, wait a second, this feels like my life. This feels right. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so when my daughter was born, my husband actually built a sound booth in our house, mm -hmm. in our apartment. Nice. And it, it allowed me to care for my young baby and then audition and record things from home. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of shifted and took this whole other path. And it's really, it's been like nine solid years, almost 10 years really of doing that. And wow. that's like taken on its own life. Um, and you don't have to be away. No, it was the nicest. It was a gift I didn't know I was getting at the time. You know, I thought it was just, I'm like, I was kind of following the doors that were opening for me. But as I did it, I realized this is something that I really love. So... That's, That's so yeah. cool. It's, yeah. Yeah, cuz most I think most actors will pursue it because they already knew that they wanted it. But mm -hmm. you you kind of just let it come to you. Yeah, yeah. It it was it was really strange and and there are voiceover things I didn't know, like channels I didn't know were possible, like voice match. I do a lot of voice match, too, which is, you know, when, it, when a celebrity is not available to do their own ADR, oh. if you can mimic their voice, then you can go in and, and just do their ADR for them, and then you get paid as if you're in the film. That's amazing. Oh. So you can, yeah. you're, That's like, your voice changes all different ways. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It, it can. Um, so that's led me into strange, like, beautiful uh, situations. Um, there was a, a film with Charlize Theron where she was doing a South African, her own South African accent that was written and directed by Sean Penn. And she wasn't available to do all this narration. And he needed somebody to lay the track down that could sound like her. You do, kind of. So kind do of. it. Do a little piece oh, so we can I'm hear I'm a My South African is horrible <laughs> but I could mimic her uh -huh. and so he brought me into the studio with just him it was me Ooh, and Sean Penn nice. for about five hours <laughs> staring at a, a huge screen and he would write the narration for the film and have me do it to time for the scenes that were already there to see if it would work and so I laid that whole track down for Charlize and then she went in and did it to the timing of that so she didn't have to do all that like deep work uh -huh. with Sean but in the meantime you know, Sean's having a... You're hanging with Sean and getting paid. Yeah, and he's having a <laughs> vodka and we're figuring out the stuff. And I was like, how did I get in this magical room? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's so cool. What yeah. movie is that? Uh, it's called The Last Face. Yeah, I think mm, it's nice. called The Last Face. Yeah. Very mm -hmm. cool. Well, my daughter, Noella, is obsessed with musical theater and theater, and she wanted to be here today um, to meet you, but she's oh. in finals. And then my little one's getting into it, too. So nice. so you'll be an inspiration for them when they listen. Oh, that's very sweet. Thanks. So you were the star opposite Ray Liotta, Seth Green, and Ashley Judd in the 2014 movie, The Identical. I, I loved that movie. I saw that movie. Thank you. About Elvis's long-lost twin brother. I know they're not supposed to say Elvis, right. but I said it. Um, <laughs> 
What was that like filming that? And what are some of the memories you have from being a part of that movie? Oh my God. It was one of the most fun times in my life. I will say that. Um, it was, I was there for six weeks. We were in Nashville and I got to live in a hotel with Seth Green, right? Not like we didn't share a room, but, <laughs> um, but we were there for the same amount of time and he is lovely. We're, we're actually from the same area in like Philadelphia and we're roughly the same age and just had the best time um, tearing up that town. And I made amazing friends. Like it was just, it was so much fun. There's so much music in that. So we were in the Grand Ole Opry um, recording. We were in some of the most amazing iconic venues. We we filmed some things where Elvis actually recorded some of his albums. It's a studio that Ben Folds owns oh, now. Yeah. Um, so we did that. We had, you know, times where we would have a hundred background actors. So that's just a party, you know, when you're there and you're, it's like a concert vibe and, um, and everyone was really cool. Like it was, it was an amazing situation to walk into, um, and it was a bizarre way that I got cast because the producers liked the Hallmark movies that oh, I did. Okay. But the casting director was like, "No, this woman is not famous enough to play this part. Mm. There is no reason that she should do it." So for a year, they tried to cast all these other people, uh -huh. um, and they kept bringing them in. It was Mandy Moore, and it was. Uh, Amanda Seyfried and all these people and it just wasn't working wasn't working and then finally they're like will you finally see this lady that we like from the Hallmark Yay. movies <laughs> and then and I didn't know any of that was happening and so then I went in and I auditioned for it and and ended up getting it but because it took so long I started shooting like two weeks later oh, so okay. they had all you been in it up. forever yeah but it was still it was it was just a massive gift so Wow, and then you Super have the cool. backstory. So yeah. sometimes they don't tell you those things. No, 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 no. It was it was nice that they sat down and said, "We're going to tell you about this journey of how we got you in this movie." So it was yeah, cool. Seth Green is is really cool. I remember back between probably like two thousand three to two thousand seven, <laughs> I would go to a lot of Playboy Mansion parties, <laughs> and yeah. we hung out with him in one of the like video game rooms in the back. Yeah, and he was telling us, "Oh, I'm I'm creating this new cartoon called Robot Chicken uh -huh. back then," and he was like the nicest, most down to earth guy. Yeah, he's awesome. He pulled me onto that show afterwards too. So we wrapped the movie, and then I I had my daughter, and then he's like, "Hey, what you doing? You sitting around? You want to do some voices on Robot Chicken?" Uh, and so he brought me in. More voices. More voices. <laughs> I got to be like Daphne on Scooby-Doo and like just, a, you know, stuff I could, you know, I look like. Um, so, yeah, he's just been like super supportive and, and cool. That's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Okay. So you've been the voice of many popular characters, which is what we just talked about, and various, oh, but video games, including yeah. Final Fantasy VII, the remake, as well as the voice for the audiobook of You Look Tired, an excruciatingly honest <laughs> guide to parenthood. What is it like to watch a character on screen with your voice? And what's it like to go in and record a voice over the audiobook for an audiobook? Mm. I'll answer the audiobook question first. That is tough work. I have got to be honest. Audiobooks, it depends. You know, if you read it and you've written it, it's a different journey than if you're reading somebody else's book. Um, it is one aspect of the voiceover world that I think is the most like the most exhausting because you'll record for six hours a day as opposed to a video game is like a four hour cap mm -hmm. on it. Um, but if you like the book, it's super fun. 
And so this last book, You Look Tired, is hilarious. As a mom who didn't, I didn't sleep for two and a half years. My daughter mm-hmm. did not sleep. <laughs> yeah. she, it was a struggle. Like I cannot yeah. explain. I aged like 10 years in those two years. Um, <clears throat> but this woman wrote this, Jenny True wrote this book that is so funny. I'm swearing up and down the whole time. It's so brutally honest that you're like laughing the entire time. That I cool. had to like stop myself. <laughs> um, so that aspect is super fun if you're into the book. And sometimes they're like, okay, now you have to create 30 characters on the spot. So if they're a ton of characters in the audiobook they really want you to create different voices for them within reason you know I'm still a lady doing some voices um so that is is cool and contained in its own way but then like the video game stuff or like seeing yourself as another character there's an element to it that I love because I often get cast as like very maternal very like I will be the strong matriarch mom in a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. um, or the, you know, supportive wife. And now I get to see myself in completely different characters. Like I get to play crazy witches and like in Final Fantasy VII, this reboot, I played this woman, Scarlet, who is like a dominatrix. Oh. So it's just like a, t- it's a whole new angle. Wow. So, Did your husband like that one? <laughs> no, he hasn't seen it. it he, he's not so much of a gamer. It's it's funny to, to, you know, people will say like, oh, what did you think of it? And unless you have like a PS5 and sit down and play the game, you never see the work that you do. You uh, just don't. You they just... don't send you the actual game? No. <laughs> I guess they could. They, they could. could. But yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't seen them. <laughs> You have to play play the game with yourself in it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, on another totally opposite note, you played Carolyn in the miniseries of Laura Ingalls Wilder's Little House in the Prairie. I grew up reading that, watching it. Um, this was the ABC remake of it. What was it like playing such an iconic role and being in something that really shows life in the 1800s? Oh. <clears throat> well, to be fair, I I lived in the 1800s for like a solid six years of my life. Right. So I did um, Little House in the Prairie, and we shot that in Canada for uh, about six months. And then right when that was coming out, Michael Landon Jr. was doing this Hallmark series. The strange, strange thing was they hadn't even seen the Little House stuff. Mm. Um, this is kind of an interesting story. So this series began with Katherine Heigl and January Jones mm-hmm. um, playing Mother and then uh, daughter as she grew up. And January Jones did the first one. And then, I don't know if she wasn't able to or got fired, I don't know what happened, but was not able to continue playing the um, that character. And so I, I auditioned for a Blackbeard the Pirate miniseries, totally, totally separate. And it came down between me and Jessica Chastain for this mm. thing, uh-huh. right? This is pre-Jessica Chastain okay. as Jessica uh-huh. Chastain. But she and I used to audition against each other. And they cast her in that, and they said, but Erin would be good to replace January Jones. We'll put her in this thing. And she just got one thing, and my turned it into five movies. And oh. I was like, yeah, I won. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. She's Jessica Chastain, <laughs> and she became who she is. Uh, but at the time, it felt really lucky. Um, so, so I ended up doing this series. Uh, and... Yeah, so it was 1880s for Little House in the Prairie and then 1880s for this Love Come Softly series. And that was like five films over several years that we did. Um, And it's cool. I have a separate set of skills no one else has, like milking cows and churning butter and driving teams of horses. Right. So you actually had to do those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially for Little House because they shot it. They tried to be as as specific to the books as they could. Mm -hmm. So we're out in the tundra in Canada, you know, when... 
they cross the frozen river in Little House on the Prairie, we are legitimately crossing this gigantic frozen reservoir for days. We are just out out there for days. And I had to learn how to drive the horses on the ice and, Mm. um, and, and ride the horses through all sorts of inclement weather as we were doing that stuff too. So um, and that was like my first really big TV show, especially mm-hmm. a show you carry, not just like a guest star. And yeah. so, you know, n- they don't put any makeup on you. You have to look like you're in this thing. So I was like, if I can get through this, I can kind of <laughs> yeah. get through anything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it was like anything after that. I was like, oh, I get to wear pants. This is amazing. You know, so. Right, right. Well, and your mind doesn't know the difference between what's being portrayed and what's real sometimes. So you probably had some effects affect oh. you. It can't, it can't, that is so so true on so many levels and I think so many actors go a little bit nuts because to be you know really inside of that you really do you shift your energy in a way and if you're doing a comedy and you're doing something like that you how lovely for your soul right and if you have to be depressed and crazy all the time I know our friend Brianna has said this before when she's played crazy people she's uh-huh. like I, how do I shake this when and it's she over? played crazy and she's played some uh-huh. crazy she was on yes. our show yeah for yeah. Brianna Brown yeah. for those listening if you yeah. want to go yes. back and listen and watch her on General Hospital yes <laughs> yeah I mean and that's I think the craziest I did have I did play one character on Medium where I had to actually kill, like, drown my own child. And that was rough. But I didn't have a kid at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'd be able to do that now, like, to go there. I I warned my my friends who had children. I was like, please don't watch this episode. This is really (laughs) traumatic. Um, But it it stays in you. you got to, like, exercise it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an outlet, too, though, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. And you sometimes get to exercise things you wouldn't, you don't have the safety to exercise in your own life. Mm-hmm. So for sure. That's why we do it, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, that's not the creative the, element Not the fame? <laughs> no. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Okay. So now we're going to switch gears. So mm. you're also a wife and a mom and very passionate about postpartum burnout mm. and overall relationship health as well. Can you talk about this for other moms out there? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, so like I said, I didn't sleep for about two and a half years with my child. And I I don't feel like I specifically experienced um, like postpartum depression in the sense that a lot of people do. But the anxiety of it, I don't think I recognized as a postpartum thing. Mm. I think I felt anxiety just as a, I must keep this person alive. I must keep this person alive. Oh, I can relate. Yeah, right? me too. Yeah. <laughs> right. The one sitting right there. Yeah. yeah. The audience can't see. My daughter's here. Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt. It's And it's a compulsion. I think it starts to, you know, create a loop in your head a little bit about it. And I would get anxious about stuff. My husband would look at me like I was crazy. Mm. Like even just having, holding my daughter on our balcony, just holding her anywhere close to the edge, made my heart race in -hmm. in ways. And even now she is seven years old and she's four foot seven. She's gigantic. She's up to here on me. And she, if she's by like a glass side, you know, uh, at the mall, that's going to drop over into Uh a secondary thing. My heart. And I'm like, I stand in between her and the thing. Like, what is that? Seriously. My husband looks at me like I'm nuts, but (laughs) it is, I really think it's a biological, it's, it's inside of us. It's an instinct. And they're, I firmly believe, and I believe that science is also backing this up, you also still have parts of their DNA inside of you. Mm. And you are, there are mirror neurons that are, you are experiencing what's going on. You are 
are feeling the necessity to save them in the way you would try to save your own self sometimes, or even for me, even more so, mm-hmm. or, you yeah. know, as a mom, that's, I would do whatever I could to save her. So I definitely feel like the postpartum aspect manifests in that kind of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I'm generally not like an anxious person about other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, traffic on the way here. I'm like, oh, this sucks. But also, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? So, um, so that, and then the necessity of sleep. I realized what happens to you when you don't <laughs> sleep. Yeah. yeah. And um, how important that is. And some kids sleep great and my daughter just didn't and our one of our next door neighbors is one of the foremost sleep trainers in the country and she couldn't oh <laughs> like we oh, just wow. didn't oh my gosh yeah so um I just attribute that to her personality her brain is always going you know she's like super vibrant and stuff but the trade-off was two years of not sleeping making you more anxious yeah yeah it absolutely yeah. leads to that yeah and then if you're not taking care of yourself because you're exhausted all during the day, it was like coffee and what kind of food can fuel me just to get to the next hour. And then you go into that mombi thing. Like, have you ever heard that? A zombie, <laughs> like, the mom zombie. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's a nighttime thing where because you've been taking care of another person all day, mm-hmm. you finally have time to yourself. And even though you're exhausted, you're like, I'm going to watch one more episode <laughs> or I'm going to scroll through Instagram until for another 40 minutes until 3 a.m. Because it's the only time you've been free. Yeah. And you don't want anyone to touch you. Yes. Do not touch my mom. <laughs> like nobody. <laughs> do not touch me. And also just the quiet. Sometimes you don't feel responsible at that time of night. So um, that's real. You know, and I still do that. When my kid is seven. Um, but definitely when she was really little, yeah. I tried to seek out that alone time. Right. I think a lot of moms can relate to this. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, so I know, like like Eden and I, and we talk about this a lot on our show, you're about ch- channeling wisdom from a higher place, meditation, active visualization. How has this changed your life recently? Mm. So oh, it's really changed my life recently. So since January, I, you know, this whole pandemic really just like shook everything up. I think for a lot of people, mm-hmm. it definitely did in my house. And it got to a boiling point where I was like, I can't, this is not sustainable. There was too much stress. And I started meditating in a dip, very different way in January. And I, I read, I'm actually not completely finished because I'm taking my time with it. But Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural, mm-hmm. have you mm-hmm. read? Okay. Haven't read, but I know him. He's yeah. good. You know him. He, he's fantastic. Yeah. And so, you know. I also come from, my father was a science teacher, so I love to marry the science with the spiritual aspect of it. Now, full disclosure, my mom is a medium. Oh, oh Aiden's a medium. Hello. Oh, well, there you go. Oh. <laughs> so that's in our family, and <laughs> it's something that I, you know, I will go there 100% with her. It's something she and I kind of discovered together. Um, but my father was a physics and chemistry teacher, so, mm, but he's, he's also had um, three ne- near-death experiences, mm. one, the first one when I was 16. So that shaped my spiritual beliefs because he's like, oh, I'm not afraid of death, and here's what happened to me. And so... So being able to kind of walk into my adulthood feeling that already made me go, okay, yeah, cool. I accept all of these things. Mm-hmm. So so Becoming Supernatural was great because Joe brings in a lot of science elements and into the um, tested meditative aspects of all of his people that come to these seminars and he's like look at these pictures this is how your brain changes this is what happens chemically when you are 
operating at a higher frequency, you're actually activating. There's like your penile gland does something different. Mm -hmm. And this is how the, the crystals that are calcified here almost act like a, an antenna. Like it's from a, a scientific standpoint wow. of like, this is how you are actively pulling in information in a different way. And I think it's the first time I ever read it where it was explained to me from a place of this makes physical sense mm. to me, mm. you know, not just kind of esoteric sense. Wow. Oh. What was it like with your mom growing up with your mom as a medium? So she didn't actually discover it until I was in Nashville in 2012. Oh, wow. So I was a full adult. Um, and she was really kind of, you know, it's also very scary for her. I feel bad just kind of speaking about her in this way, but I'm sure she would be fine. But it's it's frightening when it first happens because you don't know how to how much to trust it. Right. I don't know if you, you don't have to tell me. Yes. OK. Yes. So it's it's hard because, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, we all experience intuition through I think as I don't want to be sexist in this, but like I think women are a little more in tune with it. And I think throughout our lives we feel it, but we don't have a name for it. And mm -hmm. it kind of comes in these interesting ways and they show up as synchronicities or this, mm -hmm. this comes to you and you're like, do I shake this off or was that real? Mm -hmm. But when it happens and it affects somebody else that, and it helps somebody else, right. that's yep. when you go, oh, oh, I should pay attention to this. Validation. It's validation. And it's also, it's like a deeper calling. It's something you feel. You're like, you're speaking mm -hmm. my life. Yay! That's why I started mm -hmm. doing it. Yes. Oh, tell some, me. Uh, someone came to me. Well, long story, but it was someone I didn't know. Yeah. Connected to my sister, asking me to do this. And I did it most of my life, but. I, it's because my grandma did it, so I knew I had something, but I never really played with it. Yeah. But um, she came to me and asked me to do it, and I thought it was ridiculous. Hmm. But I tried, and then it turned out that it helped her so tremendously. It actually helped her get out of depression. Hmm. So it was <clears throat> in that moment I was thinking, this is my calling. I have to do this. It's beautiful. And yeah. now that's what she does. <laughs> yeah. Well, how amazing that we're all yeah. sitting here together. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Hook me up with your mom. I want to talk to her. Absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely will. And it's it's interesting, too, how, and she also teaches musical theater. She teaches oh. kids and, you know, oh. that, that's like also part of her thing. But um, it's interesting how COVID kind of made her, as we all retreated in this, she's like, I, I don't know if I can feel it. I think a lot of the inspiration that we were feeling from connecting with each other on the outside when we were isolated, I think got really stilted. Um, I definitely felt that from a creative standpoint too. Mm -hmm. And then when we came out and I started doing this meditation, I keep gesturing here because that's where the book is, but um, things started coming to me. Things that I didn't, not like, not like images this way, but literal jobs started coming to mm -hmm. me. So as I started to sit and meditate and really try to raise my vibration, I felt like all of a sudden I got that audiobook job of, you know, you mm -hmm. look tired happened. And then I got a phone call from one of the producers of The Identical, just out of nowhere, said, hey, I'm directing this movie in L.A. We originally cast it pre-COVID, and now the woman that was going to play one of the leads is unavailable. I just happened to op open up Instagram and I saw your picture and thought, oh, you'd oh. be perfect for this. Oh, that's not just Was happened. that the horror movie? That was the horror movie I just oh, shot okay. in March. And, and this was like five days prior, 
while in meditation, I heard, you need a bigger reach. You need to talk to more people. Please start posting more things. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not on social media. I'm yeah. not a social media person. I have zero follow. You know, like, it's not, it's not been my thing. But I just started putting out there what I thought. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I opened it up, and there you were. And I thought, mm. here, can you come uh, do this movie? And do you want to know the name of the movie? Manifest. It's the name of the movie. Oh my. And you oh, were on, on the show Medium. And I was on the show Medium. <laughs> yeah. And I was on uh, the very last episode of Noah Wiley's on ER, like his very last one. And oh. one of my best friends married him. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my see. gosh. Like, yeah, just these yeah. like, yeah. This, no accidents. I mean, that is whatever it is. But I was a giant fan of that show and, and yeah. desperately wanted to be on it. And then when I found myself inside of it, I was like, oh, man, this is like a total dream come true. It was super cool. Oh, my anyway. gosh. Yeah, yeah, the connecting thing. I, It's it's so crazy because um, it's the first time I'm doing a women's circle event, like, in a few days. Mm-hmm. And it, it just feels almost weird because it's been, like, a year and a half, I think, since I was in person with a group. Sure. You know? And so it's it'll be nice when it becomes a flow again. And it'll be inc- – I think it'll be powerful to feel everybody around right. you Right. I again. think everybody – it'll be interesting to watch people because – well, you'll be there, Eden mm-hmm. and Skylar. Um, but it'll be, like, just people processing it because yeah. we all look at everything different now, you know? Yeah, to see the filters that we have now. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. I was just at – it's my daughter's last day of school, and I was just at the beach with a bunch of first graders. And they were all in class together and unable to be close to one another for the last three months. Uh And then they were there at the beach just today, and they were able to chase each other and be in the water together Mm -hmm. and, like, actually hug each other for the first time. And all the parents were there. And I wanted to cry. It was so beautiful to see all these kids just experience each other fully for the first time. Right. Oh my gosh. And that, that's what we're all going to do, I think. Yeah. Hopefully. Thank, thankfully. Yeah. Yes, I know. Appreciate people more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Our relationships, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were on a show, The Big Break OC. Tell us more about this. That happened during the pandemic. Um, yeah. I got a call to say, hey, you want to be a judge on a, an acting competition show? And it was like, it was all online. It was like all Zoom, all during the pandemic. Mm. And um, there was a guy who's, who had kind of shifted careers. He had lost the job he had during the pandemic. He's like, I want to do this with my wife who is uh, teaches uh, playwriting. We're going to just do this for some of the students we have and open it up to people across the country. Uh. So they opened up auditions just like American Idol kind of, but for actors, for theater actors, and they would post all of their uh, auditions online, like on Instagram, and then people could vote on this thing, and then there would be two winners. One would be the uh, the vote, the popular vote, and one would be a judge pick. And so I was a judge for a couple weeks, and then you go on the Zoom, and you talk to the actors who won, and oh, then cool. at the end, they, they took like the top 20, I guess, from the winners over the 10 weeks, and they, they actually put on uh, shows. They put on plays. Uh-huh. I wasn't didn't feel safe enough to go and direct one of the shows, but they had some other people come in, and then they did it, and they filmed them. So then you can actually, like, watch these shows. And so the people came in from all over the country. Oh, it was, neat. It was pretty cool. Wow. That is really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, what about your work with inner city youth? You've done a lot of work about, with um, kids in L.A., with art. Talk about this and why it's so meaningful. That was a giant part of my life when I first moved to Los Angeles. Um, Like I said, my mom teaches musical theater, had, you know, has had a camp and things. And it was one of the jobs I thought, this is something I can do and also continue to audition, but also give back in a way that I felt was good. So 
Um, I grew up in a dance studio, and then I taught dance for a while. So I, I went in, and I would go into Boyle Heights and teach uh, in an elementary school, the after-school program, and I would just have all the kids do different, you know, we did jazz and hip-hop. Now it, I would be horrible at uh, <laughs> kids. I look at TikTok, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 pass my prime. <laughs> um, but uh, at the time, it worked. And and then we would put on, you know, put on massive shows and stuff. And so for a lot of these kids, it was the first time that their parents were able to see them, you know, in a performative way. Or And they also, you know, this is also at-risk youth, so there's a massive amount of, you know, gang activity in that neighborhood. And so it gave us, it gave the kids something else to do and to focus on. And um, I worked for that nonprofit for like 10 years and had just some amazing things. I have one student who I'm just exceedingly proud of. She just got her master's in, that's how old I am, uh, in... Uh, social work wow. because she came through she was she's a dreamer and uh, she and her two sisters were she was brought over here she was actually born uh, in Mexico and then her two sisters were born here and she was the first one to graduate high school the first one to go to college the first one to do all of this stuff and there was a time when she she had gotten into college but she wasn't going to be able to pay for it mm. And in the New Hollywood, the group that Brianna has that I've mm. been a part of since its inception, I'm like the oldest member. Uh, not the oldest member, but the <laughs> longest. <laughs> you still look 19. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. Um, it's not true, everybody listening at home. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> um, we would donate money and vote on causes to donate. And when my student wrote to me and said, she's like, I am only missing like this little chunk of money. And if, but if I don't have it, I can't start school. And so I brought the cause to the new Hollywood and I said, this is my student. I had her for years. This is what's going on. She'll be the first one to go to college. Can we please donate to her? And everybody voted and like hands down, we donated all of our funds to her. Oh, wow. So so she was able to go and, and now, and now she's, she has a child and she's married and her, she has her master's and she, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing to see what happened. That's amazing. Uh, That just makes it all so worth it. And then hopefully you'll find out how she's doing and every few years. Oh yeah. Oh, and she writes to me and we're friends on Facebook and we comment on things and I get to see her life. I mean, the advent of social media has been amazing for Uh checking in on that stuff. I love that. I love that. It reminds me of, of Alex Ramon because uh, my daughter, Noella, she she got her spark for loving theater from being called on stage with this magician. Oh, how cool. And we've kept in touch with him ever since. And we're actually going to, he came on our show and he mm-hmm. was amazing, Alex Ramon. Um, and then we're going to Tahoe and seeing him for like the fifth time in July, yeah. like in a few weeks. That's so cool. Yeah. <sighs> So what is your dream role? And then after that, you can tell us what you're working on now and um, how we can find you. But just curious, like, what's what's your big dream or, or dream overall? Dream, oh, man, that's such a that's such a great question. I think if you had asked me a couple years ago, I would have said, like, a Game of Thrones-style massive epic drama that way. Like, to be <laughs> on that, because 1880s America is fun, but, like, 1400s England feels, like, way more fun to me yeah. for some reason. There's a, a calling. I actually got to play Guinevere in Camelot. Uh, that was, like, one of my favorite, favorite shows to do. And um, that, I don't know, that old stuff speaks to my soul. There's, like, something unfinished in my soul that uh, wants to, like, go back to that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, I am deeply, like, drawn to Irish singers. And, like, I love Hosier and Dermot Kennedy. Like, all of these, like, new... 
Irish musicians. There's like something in my DNA that's called back to my roots. Mm. So you look Irish. I am very Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super, super (laughs) Irish. Um, So there's something there. So I don't know. I would love to play that. Outlander probably would have been a perfect uh, series for Mm -hmm. me. That would have been fun. So something like that. Something with like a magical element to it Mm -hmm. that, you know. Ghost Whisper. I, I don't know. I, that just feels like something that I should do. Right. Um, but I also like big dream stuff. I also feel like, I don't know, there's something with like the channeling aspect of things. Mm. I have had, um, this is the first time I'm going to say this in a public way. Um, I've had voiceover jobs where I've been isolated and in a booth and saying things over and over and over again. And while I've been saying things over and over again, this part of my brain kind of opens up Mm -hmm. and then stuff has come in. Mm -hmm. And I was recording once and I read a date. And as soon as I read the date, I heard, that's your director's birthday. I just heard it like super clear. And I stopped and I just turned and I looked in the booth and I I said, I was like, is that is that your birthday? <laughs> and he went white. Oh. And was like, yes, that is my birth. Like, that's crazy. That's my birthday. What is that? And so I was like, okay. And then, you know, kept going, kept going. But it started happening more and more. Um, and I had one producer that I was working with a lot, and she finally was kind of courageous enough. She's like, um, I'm going to get you into this place after you've been recording for a while. And then I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions and I'm going to keep recording. Oh. And so she started asking me like massive questions, like what is the nature of God and what happens after we die? And, and I, and I was saying things and I don't know, I've never heard those recordings since, but I, it didn't feel like I was fully aware of what I was saying mm-hmm. until I became conscious of one of the other producers. And then my brain went, Oh no, be self-conscious. Ego, and it yeah. shut it yeah. all down. Oh. Shut it all it's down. It's too bad you don't have that. It is too bad. I could get it if I needed it. I can I I am still friends with that producer, but um but there was something to that. And so there is something in me that's like, this is the bigger thing. There's a bigger thing here that mm-hmm. you need to um explore. So that's that's kind of that's why I'm here, ladies. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, yeah, yeah and yeah. you know, you come out of the you come out of the spiritual closet. Like I talk about how, you know, years ago I was so scared to say I did reading intuitive readings yeah. because I mm-hmm. thought they'd think I was this weird Venice Beach tarot card reader, you know. Sure. And then just through the years and getting older. Wait, there's and, nothing wrong with that though. Huh? No. No. Okay. I'm saying a just weird say. one. I'm saying a weird, there are some weird ones. Just yes. want to put it out there That's so all we I don't mean. make anyone mad. No. <laughs> no, a weird one. Um, yeah. And they can think that of me now. I don't really care. But, um, but that's the, the beauty of, you know, stepping into your purpose and, and just kind of shedding all your layers, which is effing hard work. Sure. Um, but then you can step out of the closet and go just, I am whatever I am, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to do it with, you know, a modicum of like humility and I don't know what I'm, you know, what I'm doing and, and I'm ready to try and fail and try and fail and try and fail and be okay in that. And same thing with, with music in uh, something that came out of the pandemic was I had been writing music forever and ever for myself and I'd never shared it with anybody. I also don't play anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like lyrics and melodies in my head. And I was finally like, screw this. I'm going to take a songwriting class and mm-hmm. force myself to do it. So I went online. I took this Charlie Pluth led, you know, I don't know uh-huh. if you know who that yeah. guy is. He's uh-huh. great. Amazing songwriter. 
did this thing online where it was every day for a month, but it's full on track laying down using either Pro Tools or GarageBand and learning how to layer like a 15 track song wow. and create the whole thing. And I was blind. I went in not knowing a darn thing. And uh, it was, I, I, I had to learn on the spot, but you had to turn songs in. And so at the end I created two songs. I, you know, I'm not going to say if they're good or not, but like I felt really, really great about that when I was done. That's and so cool. it was something I needed to do. And I turned and like saw myself at midnight creating. It was in the mombi time. I used that time <laughs> to do my songwriting. Yeah, get it out. My little MIDI piano. And I just like burst into hysterics seeing myself in my pajamas with the headphones on making music. I was like, this is my life in a big way right here. Mm. It felt so, I felt so alive and so happy to have taken that chance that's so cool and it and if it does or doesn't lead anywhere it's Who like self-expression yes and was, I think yeah. that you know as a coach I hear from people so often oh I used to love to do painting or I used to love to dance but I don't anymore I don't know I don't know what happened and it's been 20 years and they get this defeated look in their eyes instead of you know still lighting up and then I say well what if what if you just started doing it like three hours a week and all of a sudden they're just like that's possible I can and it's it's self-expression so it's like getting that element of yourself out creativity passion again yeah 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 so absolutely okay so what are you working on now and how can we find you the heck am I working on now? Um, this Final Fantasy game was like a giant thing that I was working on that just got released a couple days ago. So oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so that's like the most recent thing that I have that came out. And I just did a giant uh, like Facebook Live uh, cast for, you know, with some of the other voiceover actors with uh-huh. that, uh, which is crazy because a lot of them are like gamer gamers. <laughs> and then they're asking me about like, you know, what do you think inside this game? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Pretending. But I, um, yeah. Um, so that, I did that recently. And then Manifest. So this movie Manifest that I did, it's a horror film. And I get to play against type. I am a, a drill sergeant, oh. like a really intense Marine uh, drill sergeant and they had real marines on set with us to make sure wow. we were being as authentic as possible wow which i gotta be honest it was my first job out of quarantine and they were super covid safe and we got tested all the time and you're wearing your mask up until they call last looks right you take that off and then they ch- check your makeup and then i'm literally screaming into someone's mouth oh, because oh i'm my a drill sergeant and the spit is flying oh. and you're like all right, oh, well, wow. this is what this movie is, yeah. And so. we didn't notice those things as much before. So. No, yeah. never, never. Um, so that was an interesting, like, baptism back into the world to, to do and that. And did that come out yet? When does that come out? No, it doesn't. We, we shot it in uh, March and April is when it shot. So uh, I don't know what the timeline is. Usually it's like a nine- to ten-month turnaround with post, and then – and I don't know exactly what the – I don't know if it's a Netflix thing. I don't know if it's an in-theaters thing, but right. I will let you know when oh, I know. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Oh, how fun. Well, I think we have to stop now. Well, no, we need to know where to find you. Well, she's, oh, Where do you find me? (laughs) You can find me. You can find me. (laughs) My website doesn't work right now, but you can find me on Instagram and you can find at Erin Cottrell. And you can find me on uh, Facebook. I actually, some wonderful fan created a beautiful Facebook page for me as well. So, yeah, you can, anybody can find me there. Um, Instagram is kind of where I'm at right now, though. That's the most fun place. Yeah. 
Yeah. And okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Well, we're excited to release this and have everybody hear about you. And and you told us stuff that you've never said publicly before. Yeah. So, Exclusive. Yeah. Exclusive. Yeah. So thank you for being here, Erin. Oh, thank you guys You are so lovely. Much. Oh, it's so wonderful to be here. We have so much more to talk about when the mics turn off. I know. <laughs> I know. So thank you, everyone, thank for listening. You. Bye, everyone. Bye. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.